Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Happening now, breaking news. Donald Trump appears to be on the verge of a major victory at the U.S. Supreme Court as the justices voice deep skepticism with efforts to remove him from the ballot. We're gonna bring you the latest details on the arguments and analysis from inside the courtroom. Also tonight, a damning special counsel report finds President Biden willfully retained classified information after leaving the vice presidency, but will not, not face charges. The report laying out key differences between Biden's cooperation with the investigation and Trump's alleged obstruction of his own classified documents case. Welcome to our viewers here in the United States and around the world. I'm Wolf Blitzer, you're in the Situation Room. This is CNN Breaking News. We're following major legal developments affecting the two men likely heading toward a presidential rematch. CNN's Paula Reid has more on Donald Trump appearing to win over the nation's highest court as he vies to remain on the ballot. And our own MJ Lee has details on the special counsel report clearing President Biden of charges while sharply rebuking his handling of classified information. First, let's go to Paula Reid. She's outside the U.S. Supreme Court. Paula, it looks like this was a pretty good day for Trump's efforts to stay on the ballot, not just in Colorado, but across the country. Absolutely, Wolf. This is the first time in recent memory that a court hearing went really well for Donald Trump. There was no drama. There were no outbursts. Instead, it was Trump's lawyer making nuanced legal arguments before justices who appeared to be agreeing with his case. In one of the most anticipated Supreme Court cases of the year, the justices signaling they will side with Donald Trump on the question of whether he's eligible for the 2024 ballot. The former president did not attend Thursday's arguments. Most justices didn't address his role in the January 6th insurrection, instead focusing on legal arguments around the 14th Amendment. Trump's lawyer, Jonathan Mitchell, an experienced Supreme Court advocate, argued Trump isn't covered by the so-called insurrectionist ban. A ruling from this court that affirms the decision below would not only violate term limits, but take away the votes of potentially tens of millions of Americans. And argued January 6th was not even an insurrection. Only one justice asked about whether it was. So riot the point that is that a chaotic effort to overthrow the government is not an insurrection? This was a riot. It was not an insurrection. Jason Murray argued for Colorado voters who won their case at the lower court. By engaging in insurrection against the Constitution, President Trump disqualified himself from public office. States have the power to ensure that their citizens' electoral votes are not wasted on a candidate who is constitutionally barred from holding office. But the justices appeared much more skeptical. In an ominous sign, the chief justice said Mari's arguments were at war with history. That seems to be a position that is at 
uh, at war with the whole thrust of the 14th Amendment and very ahistorical. The whole point of the 14th Amendment was to restrict state power. And question the consequences of a ruling in favor of Colorado and other states then following suit. It'll come down to just a handful of states that are going to decide the presidential election. That's a pretty daunting consequence. Even liberal justice Elena Kagan asked this. I think that the question that you have to confront is why a single state should decide who gets to be president of the United States. It was Murray's first time arguing before the high court. He engaged in several contentious exchanges with the justices. And even as a former clerk, it didn't stop Justice Gorsuch from scolding Murray. No, nevertheless, they were no, put into that no, office. we're talking about Section 3. And Please don't change the hypothetical. And even though the argument seemed to go well for Trump, he still wanted the last word, addressing reporters outside Mar-a-Lago. Can you take the person that's leading everywhere and say, hey, we're not going to let you run? You know, I think that's pretty tough to do, but uh, I'm leaving it up to the Supreme Court. Well, even as Trump tries to paint himself as the victim of an unfair legal system, today he appears poised to win at the Supreme Court on this question of ballot eligibility, and he was just handed a damning report about his primary political opponent, President Biden. So when it comes to the U.S. justice system, today, great day for candidate Trump. Wolf? Paula Reed over at the Supreme Court for us. Thank you very much. I want to bring in our Supreme Court experts for more analysis right now. And John Biskupic, you were inside the Supreme Court during the three hours of oral arguments and all of that. What stood out to you? how smoothly it went, not for the Colorado vo voters lawyer, but for the justices themselves. You know, I am so accustomed to a lot of ideological tensions along the bench, you know, irrespective of what lawyers are arguing at the lectern and in the well of the court. And I didn't feel that. In fact, you, you could sense really early on by the rhythm of that argument that the chief was going to have a majority, if not a unanimous court to rule that Colorado Supreme Court was wrong to try to keep Trump off the ballot. Now, that's not the end of the, the story, though, of course, because they're going to have to come up with that they all agree on. Well, if I have to tell you that often a Supreme Court ruling will have splintered reasoning, but I think there's going to be incentive in this case to try to f come up with grounds that at least a majority will buy, if not uh, seven justices, eight justices. But uh, none of the six to three rivalry that we often would see between the six conservative justices and the three liberals. And, you know, as uh, Paula just said in her report, you know, justices from the left really were in early with their skepticism yeah, of really, the... It was really fascinating yeah. to listen to those three hours. Steve Laddick, you're an expert on the Supreme Court as well. Uh, what was your bottom line? Uh, will Trump's name be on the ballot in Colorado? Oh, I think it's pretty clear it will be, and I think Joan's right, eight, nine votes perhaps. I mean, Wolf, it was the very last question of the 53-minute argument by Trump's lawyer that was directed to the actual underlying merits. President Trump engaged in insurrection in his conduct before and on January 6th, that it took that long to get to that question tells you where the court is going. Wolf, I think the real issue now is not just what does the court do in this case, but you know, as early as next week, they're going to have this other case about whether the prosecution of President Trump here in D.C. arising out of January 6th can go forward, whether he has immunity. Is the court these cases as a chance to actually split the difference and actually keep them on the ballot in Colorado, but also let the prosecution go forth in D.C. and just let the voters sort it out.
Yeah, we will find out fairly soon. Kerry Cordero, uh, were you surprised that even the court's so-called liberal justices seemed supportive of this notion of keeping Trump on the ballot? Well, I think we have to keep in mind that the Colorado court was really the outlier here. And there were a number of findings that the Supreme Court would need to make to be able to get to a place to uphold the Colorado Supreme Court. And, and so there were, there's a number of barriers. They would have had to accept so many different arguments. And I think what um, was revealed through some of their questioning today was that they really did not, um, they were not able to identify the specific Thing that they could turn to that would uphold the Colorado decision. Um, they really were identifying those specific things that uh, raised more questions than answers. Interesting. Uh, Carl Racine, the former D.C. Attorney General, is with us as well. Carl, you were listening to all of this uh, going, going on today. I want you to listen to something that Justice Alito said. Listen to this. The consequences of what the Colorado Supreme Court did, uh, some people claim, would be quite severe. Would it not lead to the possibility that other states would say, using their choice of law rules, rules on, uh, on uh, collateral estoppel, that there's non-mutual collateral estoppel against former President Trump? And so the decision of the Colorado Supreme Court could effectively decide this question for many other states, perhaps all other states. Carl, what did you make of that argument? You know, I rarely agree uh, with Justice Alito, um, but I'd find myself in complete agreement with him tonight. The Pandora's box that would have been opened up uh, would have been devastating, I think, uh, for the country. Uh, I, too, am, I am not a constitutional expert. I'm more of a practical lawyer who helps vulnerable people. But let me tell you, uh, this was a practically strong uh, uh, decision coming, and I agree with Steve. It's going to be 8-1. Uh, or 9-0 or 7-2. I also... In favor of Trump. In favor of Trump. I also agree that all eyes right now should not be on a claim that this is President Trump's day. Wait for the D.C. immunity uh, decision that the Supreme Court's going to have to make in a few days. The question is whether the United States Supreme Court will issue a stay and, allow, and essentially prevent that district uh, court uh, matter before Judge Chutkin from going forward or whether it allow that matter to go forward. I'm betting on the latter. We'll have plenty on that coming up in the next few days as well. Steve, uh, you know, it was clearly, you know, well, let me go before I go to Steve. Joan, you know the Supreme Court, mm -hmm. you know the justices. Do you have a timeline when we'll get a decision? Well, their next scheduled private meeting is a week from this Friday. But they can do anything by phone. They can do anything. They can schedule an early uh, session. Uh, I would think the chief, it, frankly, I think the chief and several of his colleagues have already started trying to write this just because I know these justices and how much they try to get out ahead of things. And especially since, you know, we're in the middle of a pretty big term having nothing to do with the Trump litigation, but add the Trump litigation to it. So my bet would be that uh, really in the next three, four weeks, we might actually see something. Now there was, they obviously put it on an expedited schedule. So that's already a signal. Maybe they're gonna to try to get something by Super Tuesday, which is a month from now. But even if they don't, the handwriting's on the wall that states should not start removing Donald Trump's ballot. And I think they will conclusively let people know that uh, within two months easily. You know, Steve, it, it seemed to me that the court basically steered clear of any discussion of insurrection not concluding necessarily that Trump was engaged in an insurrection. What did you make of that? 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's right, Wolf, and I think that really was perhaps the most telling sign that this is a court that's not going to get past these procedural issues. But what's really surprising to me about that, Wolf, if we take a step back, one of the things that has really characterized the Supreme Court in recent years has been this turn toward fidelity to law, the idea that there's just pure legal answers and that the court is not a political institution. And yet, we heard today over and over in that clip you played from Justice Alito, worries about the consequences of the Colorado Supreme Court's decision, worries about what would it mean if individual states could keep presidential candidates off the ballot. Those worries may well be legitimate. I mean, I think Carl's right. But the notion that now the court is once again realizing that it's a political institution, part of a separation of powers in which it has to be thinking about the other roles of other institutions, I think is actually a pretty interesting lesson for a court that has really run away from that understanding. Yeah, an important and very historic day here in Washington. Guys, thank you very, very much. Just ahead, there's more breaking news we're following. President Biden dodges charges for his handling of classified information, but draws a stinging rebuke from the special counsel. Stay with us. You're in the Situation Room. This podcast is supported by Sleep Number. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores? Sleep Number does that. Only Sleep Number smart beds let you each choose your ideal comfort and support. Your Sleep Number setting. Sleep Number smart beds learn how you sleep and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. All Sleep Number smart beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. Temperature-balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent. This week on Chasing Life... I'm a health reporter and have been for 15 years. And even I feel overwhelmed by some of the things I read about the stuff we're eating. My colleague Meg Terrell wanted to take a deep dive into something you've probably heard a lot about recently. Ultra-processed foods. There is a lot to learn there, some fascinating stuff. And some of it is probably going to change the way you shop. Listen to Chasing Life wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's get to the breaking news in the special counsel's investigation of President Biden. The probe concluding without charges tonight, but finding Biden willfully retained classified information after he left the vice presidency. CNN's MJ Lee is over at the White House. She's got details for us. MJ, what does this report conclude? Wolf, uh, almost 400 pages of this report uh, from special counsel Robert Hur concluded this. Uh, President Biden willfully retained and disclosed classified materials after his vice presidency, but it also says that no criminal charges are warranted in this matter. Robert Hur saying that they didn't have evidence to fully establish uh, president's guilt beyond a reasonable doubt. Uh, this report, Wolf, lays out in painstaking details uh, notes and reports that were found in the president's 
Lawrence Wilmington home in the garage and the den in the offices that contained classified materials in some decrepit boxes, as you can see in these photos that were included in this report. And they included sensitive materials, including about foreign policy. Uh, one example that has come to light is a handwritten memo that was classified uh, that the former vice president wrote at the time to the former president, uh, Barack Obama, encouraging him to not send in more troops to Afghanistan. And what is more problematic, according to this report, is that some of these materials were shared at the time with the president's ghostwriter who was working on his memoir. Uh, now, what is striking about this report as well are the many, many and harsh details uh, about these alleged uh, memory problems that the president had, including when he was being interviewed by the special counsel. A couple of examples, it says that the, the uh, president didn't remember what years he served as vice president. Another example uh, is that it says in a trial, Biden would likely present himself to a jury as a sympathetic, well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. Now, the report, uh, we should note, also lays out the full scope of the president's cooperation in this matter, uh, including sitting down for an hours-long interview, uh, consenting to multiple searches, turning over those documents immediately. Uh, all of that, of course, is in, is in direct contrast from everything that we have seen from former President Donald Trump. Interesting. Uh, MJ, how is the White House responding to this report? Well, first and foremost, they are trying to highlight uh, the only headline that they believe matters from this report, uh, the fact that there were no criminal charges brought against uh, President Biden. And we just actually heard the president speaking about this and reacting to this report's release. Take a listen. The special counsel claims about your memory. First interview over the two days of October the 9th, 8th and 9th, last year, even though Israel had just been attacked. But I was especially pleased to see the special counsel make clear the stark differences between this case and Donald Trump. The special counsel in my case decided against moving forward with any charges. And this matter is now closed. The White House has been uh, pushing back forcefully to these references to these alleged uh, memory issues. One White House official I talked to saying uh, they are way out of line. They are just wrong. Uh, one example in the report that is particularly offensive to this White House is this reference where Biden apparently did not remember even within several years of when his son Bo died. This White House official saying he remembers the day that Bo died every day of his life and to suggest otherwise is just insulting. Wolf. MJ Lee over at the White House, thank you very much. It's a, a major report. If you haven't seen the whole thing, it's almost 400 pages. This special counsel report summary is about three or four pages, but the actual report, nearly 400 pages. Uh, joining us now for some analysis are political and law enforcement experts and Andrew McCabe, former deputy director of the FBI. Uh, the special counsel, her, says Biden willfully retained the documents, but unlike Trump, he won't face criminal charges. You've gone through it. What's the difference? Well, there's huge differences here, Wolf. And I should say I oversaw many, many investigations during my time in the FBI of individuals who had classified or national defense information in their residences, and most of them end up this way. And the reason is you have to have explicit evidence of the willful retention of those documents. And that is just, according to uh, Special Counsel Her, not present in this case. To compare that with Donald Trump's case, which stands out 
far beyond anything most national security uh, experts have seen before. You have a, uh, a series of events in which for months refused to give back documents. Then he sat and personally went through documents, decided which ones to give back and which ones to retain, then was served with a subpoena and actually encouraged others to obstruct the enforcement of that subpoena. So it's, it is by leagues far worse, and there's much more evidence of willful retention in the Trump case. Ashley Etienne's with us as well, former senior advisor to President Biden. Ashley, uh, the president apparently couldn't remember, according to the report, couldn't remember uh, when his son died or when he was even vice president of the United States. How is this anything other than a devastating rebuke, uh, criticism of the current president? Well, I mean, there are some that will say her, who was a Trump appointee, did Trump a favor by adding, sort of editorializing about the president's age, but it has no sort of consequence to the actual question at hand here. But here's the thing, I mean, the Biden campaign and the Biden White House have to be um, breathing a sigh of relief right now. If the worst that came out of this, there were no charges, if the worst that came out of this was memory lapses, both Trump and Joe Biden have issues with their memories and flubs, et cetera, et cetera. This is not new for the American people, and I don't believe it'll move the needle here. But here's the, the thing that I think really matters, is that this is a one-day, maybe two-day story for Joe Biden. We'll move on from this, but the, the point is, is that Donald Trump's legal problems are mounting. He's in court, 91 charges, four cases. You know, he's uh, ob ob obstructing uh, these investigations. He's in court from day in and day out. And that's what's actually gonna have an impact uh, on him and his perceptions among the, the American people and the voters. You know, it's interesting, uh, David Shelley, and we know from our recent CNN poll that Democratic voters' biggest concern about President Biden is his age, 46% citing that. Everything else is down in single digits. I want to be specific about something about that poll finding. Well, that is an open-ended question. We don't offer age as an option. That is an open-ended question. What concerns you the most about the president? And Democrats, roughly half of them, cite his age. So I don't think it's a one-day story or a two-day story about Joe Biden's age or his mental I think it is Trump the has the story. Problem, uh, Trump has the that may problem. be, but I think it is not a one or two day story. I think this is the story that Joe Biden is going to have to deal with and his campaign all the way through the election. And he doesn't get younger any day. They understand this is a major vulnerability with voters, sure. and they are going to have to deal to neutralize that vulnerability every single day from here on out in the campaign. And her, in this report, I grant you, editorializing, we don't know exactly what was said to justify these editorial narratives that her said in the, in the transcript of the interview. But this is, this is now adding to what we already know. The polling evidence you cite, uh, the, just today, the White House had to deal with questions about his mixing up names of dead foreign leaders versus the ones he actually dealt with. This doesn't go away as an issue. And unlike a policy issue, you know, voting for president is an emotional thing. And Americans are going to want to know whether or not Joe Biden's up to the task. Yeah. Yeah. Alyssa Farrah Griffin is with us as well. How much of a gift, Alyssa, is this report for Trump? Unfortunately, I think it's a tremendous gift for Donald Trump. Listen, I agree with my friend Ashley that both Donald Trump and Joe Biden have an age issue. They've both had gaffes and questions about their mental acuity. 
But the perception of the two is the real the real issue here. CNN had a remarkable poll a couple months back that said 25 percent of voters believed Biden had the stamina for a second term, whereas 53 percent thought that Donald Trump did. Now, take out the indictments and the unfitness aside. There's a different perception when you look at age when it comes to Joe Biden. And this just writes the Trump ads for himself. Now, the challenge the White House faces is this. The best way to combat this is to put Joe Biden out looking strong, looking sharp, but we've known Joe Biden for many years. 20 years ago, Joe Biden often had gaffes and fell over his own words. So they need to come up with real strategic positioning to push back on this narrative because it's the single greatest vulnerability to Joe Biden's reelection. Is there a recognition inside the White House, Ashley, about these concerns that a lot of folks have about Biden's age and his mental acuity? Yes, absolutely. I mean, they tried to deal with a lot of different ways. One was he applied humor at one point. He was making fun of himself, making light of it. You know, they've now, to Alyssa's point, have been trying to get him out in front of voters more frequently, more aggressively. I mean, I think the fact that he addressed this issue head on, I think was really smart. But here's the issue. This is a very manageable problem for Joe Biden, wherein Donald Trump has mounting problems that are not manageable. We're not sure where they're going to end. But if you just if, if they strategically put Joe Biden in forums and formats that work for him in front of, front of voters, you can address this issue head on. Let me ask Alyssa to weigh in. Uh, do you see these age concerns, Alyssa, as being more fruitful for Republicans politically than the claims about a, a two tiered justice system? Well, absolutely. And also, when you get a, a, a decision like this that comes out, and it frankly shows that our justice system is fairly blind because this was very damning for the current president. Um, but I think that if if I'm writing the ads for the Trump team, they're going to say we're more or less told that Joe Biden would not be mentally competent to, to sit trial in the case that this had gone to trial. Now, it wasn't. He was exonerated. But we're not living in an era of goodwill in politics or where we could expect the Republican side to take the high ground. They're going to play dirty here, and they are going to weaponize what we saw in this report about his age. And I'm not sure Biden's prepared to counter it as heavily as he needs to. Let me ask David Chellian, does Biden need to do more to confront it, to address these age concern issues? I mean, far be it for me to offer uh, advice to Joe Biden about what he does or doesn't need to do, Wolf. But I, it seems to me this is an issue that is set uh, in the minds of American voters. And so it would probably be wise to not try and run away from it in any way, but to deal with it head on. And it's not one and done. This is something that it exists as a concern, and so any candidate, President Biden included, would want to work day in and day out to assuage that concern with voters. Yeah, I was surprised he turned down an invitation to do an interview during the Super Bowl where maybe 100 million people would be watching. He de declined that invitation, which would have been an opportunity for him to address these issues. To Ashley's point, perhaps the White House doesn't think that's the right kind of venue for him to be able to excel that's in that That's a good form. point, too. Yeah. All right, guys, thank you very, very much. Appreciate it. Coming up, lawmakers reacting to both our breaking stories, the special counsels uh, uh, and those uh, critical arguments today at the U.S. Supreme Court. Stand by for a live report from Capitol Hill. I'm Ina Garten. Welcome to Be My Guest, the podcast. One of the best gifts you can give friends is spending time together. But what's even better than that? Cooking with them. On Be My Guest, the podcast, new friends and old stop by my barn for some conversation and great cooking. We talk about food, life, and everything in between. Listen to Be My Guest, the podcast with me, Ina Garten, and join us wherever you get your podcasts.
I'm Paula Reed in Washington. Wolf had to step away. He'll be back. But there's other news we're following here in the Situation Room. Far-right media personality Tucker Carlson has just published an interview with Russian President Vladimir Putin. Our chief international correspondent, Clarissa Ward, has more. Clarissa, thanks for joining us. Tell us about the circumstances of this interview and what Putin has said so far. Well, it's a two-hour interview, Paula, and it just came out at 6 p.m. Eastern, so we are still sifting through all of it. But it's pretty extraordinary in that it begins with essentially a half-hour lecture from President Putin on the history of Russia and Ukraine, trying again to make his point, as he did before uh, the Russian invasion of Ukraine, that Ukraine is basically part of Russia. And you can actually see Tucker Carlson's face uh, grimace at points because he knows that he had committed to air this interview in its entirety, not to edit it. And it's clear from the very beginning uh, that he is essentially losing control of the interview. Now, this is the first interview that President Vladimir Putin has done since the invasion of Ukraine. You heard Tucker Carlson uh, just the other day on X talking about why he did the interview and saying essentially that he was the only journalist who was brave enough from Western media and who would be willing to give a platform to President Putin, basically accusing Western journalists of trying to censor Putin. This is, of course, patently false. Uh, myself, Many of my colleagues, uh, not just in CNN, but across the industry, have been trying for years to get an interview with President Vladimir Putin. It's just that he has not done any since the invasion of Ukraine. Now, what was interesting as well, and again, I have to emphasize that we haven't been able to go through the entire interview yet because it is very, very long. But the issue, speaking of Western journalists who continue to cover Russia, even after the invasion of Ukraine, of the imprisonment of Evan Gershkovich. Um, this is an issue that Tucker Carlson does not bring up, Paula, until the very end of the interview. It's his last question. Mm -hmm. And uh, tellingly, President Putin doesn't really answer the question. He says that Russia has repeatedly tried to make gestures of goodwill, but that these gestures of goodwill have not been reciprocated by the U.S. But he does leave a kind of glimmer of hope at the end of it, saying that he is optimistic that some kind of a deal or some kind of a resolution to this issue uh, could potentially be resolved. Many other issues obviously discussed during the interview, but I think coming back to the sort of essential point here, what you see just from watching the first 45 minutes of it is that this is President Putin's platform. He is talking at length. Tucker Carlson does not have control of the interview. And it appears, honestly, that President Putin is really treating this almost more as an opportunity for his domestic audience. There is a Russian election next month. Obviously, there's no question as to who is going to win uh, that election. But still, this is a way for him of really um, creating his bona fides. They have been treating Tucker Carlson as a celebrity during his stay in Moscow in the Russian press. And to see President Putin then dominate this interview in the way that he appears to have been doing is clearly something designed uh, for a domestic audience, Paula. Clarissa Ward, thank you. And Erin Burnett out front starts now. When you work, you work next level. And when you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level.
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.